Hello, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. I'm your host, George Kurth, here along with the two best friends anyone could ask for. Tyler Snyder's back in the house. Tyler, how are you feeling today? You know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling a little anxious. Uh, it's the most we've gotten to talk about football since football season ended. So I'm just excited. I'm excited for all the big moves happening. And we're excited to have you back after you missed last week's uh, flurry of news. But Cody Roadcap's with us here as well. Cody, how are you feeling today? I'm doing good, George. I think I'm going to criticize you right up, Sean. I'm sorry. But okay. I need a little bit more excitement out of you. You're, you're, you're a little little too laid back today knowing that I know free agency is officially starts today at the time that this podcast <laughs> comes out. But there's so much NFL news, and you're like, welcome back to another episode. Like, football season, like prime football season, we're going to go into a law until April, and the draft really picks up. So get excited for these couple few days. All right, fine. Um, next week, I'm going to make you do the intro, because the last time you did the intro, you went, hey, it's the Couch Jams podcast. Tyler Snyder's here. So... <laughs> Touché. really on today's show <laughs> we're going to talk some nfl news and notes a lot of trade news and a little a couple other things mixed in there and we are going to give our reactions to our early free agency signings i guess they're uh, agreements they're not technically signings until after the show comes on air but you can find us on the couchgms.com and on our social media channels to get more than you get from just this show especially on the couchgms.com right now make sure you check out our free agency tracker where we track everybody that we're going to talk about in today's show and more Uh, Guys, why don't we jump in to NFL news? And, you know, we'll start off NFL news with the reason I was probably a little bit uh, sad or sad sounding at the beginning of the show. And I'm not going to say much here. I'm just going to intro and let you guys talk. Tom Brady on retired. Oh, my gosh. I'm so shocked. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, is this it was like the most obvious thing that was going to happen i don't know if because adam Schefter broke the report if he felt forced into retirement i don't know if he just you know didn't give it enough time speaking of giving it time i remember talking last week how everybody was mad at aaron Rodgers for taking so long on deciding his future all even though he said he would do it before free agency and he made his decision before free agency. like he said tom brady retires unretires everyone's like oh we're so happy to have him back no one's criticizing him just Always love to look at the how the media portrays one and the other. Uh, well, they actually were criticizing him mostly because he announced his unretirement during the uh, bracket uh, reveal for March Madness, and everyone was like, "How dare you have to take the spotlight all the time?" I can see it. And did you also see that there's also a report that uh, one of the sports books in Vegas wants the NFL to do some investigating because there was like a big bet placed on the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. And they think they had some insider knowledge that Tom Brady was going to come back. So could be interesting there on some of the, the gambling front. But gambling is not my forte, so I should probably stop talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so I got two notes on this, and then I'll move on. Um, wow, I totally blanked on what my two notes were because I was thinking it the whole time, and then you were talking, <laughs> and it just went out of my head. Um, Someone's rusty. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I am rusty. Look, I've been away. Uh, you guys have to record uh, every other weekend without me, so I-, I need to stay fresh. But look, one, it's it's not very exciting news. We all kind of expect him to come back. Um, my thought was maybe he was trying to be like the Undertaker uh, when he's in a match and you think he's dead, and then he does his whole sit up thing, and oh my gosh, he's alive, and things go crazy, and oh, he's back. It, it really wasn't that kind of an excitement. Uh, most people 
didn't want him to come back. So I don't think it had that level of excitement, but I think I might be totally off here and this might be insulting, but I'm going to say it anyway. It sounded like the reason he wanted to retire in the first place was to spend some time with his family. Well, this dude just spent like two weeks with his family and immediately was like, yeah, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. How bad is his family to be around? All right. I might be going a little too far here, but that's just the way it looked to me. Yeah, no, I, mean, I think. I... Go, ahead, go ahead, George. I've already talked. Okay. I, I mean, I was just going to comment. I think the funniest thing about what you said there, and I agree with you, um, is I've seen two memes like circling through social media about this whole Tom Brady thing. One of them is the undertaker. And the other one is like Tom Brady trying to retire for 0.2 seconds. And it's a guy with the veins popping out of his neck. I've also seen that spun to him trying to spend time with his family. So you're right on. You're not the only one with that argument. You're not off. It looks a little bad. Yeah, and I think <laughs> it, it does. It does feel a little judgy, but it, it it's okay. It's that's what the internet's for. And the meme <laughs> culture out there, uh, but how does this affect the outcome of the NFC? Like, are the Bucks instantly like back to being favorites? I know they're now tied with the Packers at plus three fifty to win the NFC. Like, where does your guys thought? Does this? Where were you with the Bucks beforehand? Coming back with Tom Brady now? Well, I think that's a little hard to say because after Tom Brady retired, we didn't know who the Bucks quarterback was going to be. Um, we didn't know if they were going to draft somebody, if they were going to try to make a big splash move. Maybe they would be in on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes if Brady stayed retired, or maybe they would have had to settle for somebody like a Mitch Trubisky, or maybe they were going to go out and try to trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Derek Carr, like some of these other guys we've heard the names circled around. Uh, so you really don't know. I mean, it, it would depend on who they had. Um, so I, I think, obviously, their odds have to get a little bit better because you have the stability, you know that it's going to be a solid quarterback. I mean, I don't think Brady is what he once was. I did see a little bit of decline out of him this past season, it seemed. I mean, he was still able to put up the stats, but he didn't have the big arm that I think... I mean, he's never had a huge arm, but he at least had a little bit more depth in his arm, and I didn't see that this past season. Granted, he also was throwing to Gronk, who I think is one of the slowest tight ends in the league right now uh, on almost every other pass. But hey, Chris Godwin's coming back, so that's big. Bucks went out and got Russell Gage, so that's big. And now you got Tom Brady coming back, and that division really doesn't look all that scary yet. So right now, I think the Bucks' odds of winning the division are pretty high. And if you can win the division, you always have a shot at that Super Bowl. The only reason I would say their odds got better with Tom Brady as opposed to without is one. Yeah, the draft market for quarterbacks this year is bad. I don't know if they would have been a team that made a splash move like Tyler said that if they would have, it would have made a difference. But even more than that, you're going to see free agents who will want to go play with Tom Brady now. The Bucks got a boost in free agency just because of the name. They also got a boost in bringing guys back because of the name. Like Gronk was expected to go elsewhere. I would not be shocked if Gronk goes back to Tampa Bay now. Same thing with Leonard Fournette. So just right there, the name Tom Brady on the roster helps them not even because of Tom Brady, but because it's going to help them bring in other pieces around him to try to make that one or two more runs he's going to go for. So my last question on Tom Brady before we move on, because we've already spent way too much time on Tom Brady, um, <laughs> would be, do you think the Bucks had an inkling that this was going to happen well before he actually came back? Uh, I, I just feel like the the tagging of Chris Godwin move to me, feels like 
they knew they were going to have another chance. Uh, if you really do think that Chris Godwin is your future, you try to sign him to a longer term deal. Um, but honestly, I think if the Bucks weren't getting Brady back, they were ready to start rebuilding, losing Gronk, losing Fournette, losing Brady. Let Godwin walk too. Don't pay top money for franchise tag to a wide receiver coming off an injury unless you think this could be your year again. Uh, so do you guys think that they had an inkling of this happening? I don't know if they had an inkling, but I think they were like all of us and were like, is he really going to walk away after leading the league in passing yards after losing in last second fashion to the Los Angeles Rams in the playoffs? Like it never felt right, even as fans. So I'm not saying that they might've had some insider knowledge, but I, I still think in the back of their mind that they were, they were holding on to this and Chris God, I think we'll know more too. If they work out a long-term deal with Chris Godwin, then that'll probably signal more to, like you mentioned, that, hey, that was just one of their core guys they wanted to keep. If he plays on the tag and walks next year, I think that'll lead more to your point of, hey, maybe they were more suspect or more knowing of the Tom Brady return. I think the only reason I feel like they might have had an inkling is more because they were not active in the quarterback market that every other quarterback needy team seemed to have been. Like the Saints don't have a guy, the Panthers don't have a guy, the Broncos went out and traded for a guy. Like all those teams seem to at least be in the conversations for the Carson Wentz and the Jimmy Garoppolo and the Deshaun Watson, and the Buccaneers were completely silent. I think that'd be the only reason I feel like they had an inkling Tom Brady was coming back. All right, guys. Well, I think we've said inkling way too many times for one podcast. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next piece of quarterback news. Uh, which is a guy that's close to home for us, and I can't wait to hear the difference of opinions in this one, and that is Carson Wentz traded to the Commanders. That's still going to take some time getting used to. I still don't like it. I said football team last week. Don't feel bad. (laughs) The football team, the Redskins, whatever they are, I don't know anymore, but they are the Commanders uh, with horrible uniforms, and Carson Wentz is going to be the first Commander quarterback. Um, I have my opinions, but what's your thoughts on this trade, guys? I guess Cody's going to want me to start, so I'll go ahead and start. Um, First off, the Indianapolis Colts still got fleeced because they had a one-year rental game of a first-round pick. They basically just comped back the second-round pick. Um, But anyway, um, I think that Carson Wentz is probably better than the other options that Washington had at quarterback. I think he's got to be a slight step up from a Taylor Heineke as much as I've been a backer of that guy for a while. But it, I don't see a long-term answer here, especially because the weapons around him are really not a ton better than he's had. You can say that um, they he has some wide receiver talent now with Terry McLaurin there, and that's probably the best wide receiver he's had around, but they're not deep. I think he's going from one situation where we're like, well, maybe if he had weapons, he'd be a decent quarterback, to again, the same situation where he's going to have a lack of weapons around him, and I don't think he's going to thrive as a Washington commander. Okay. I think we're going to disagree on some things. I, I don't know if, you know, this isn't like a world-breaking move. I don't think the it doesn't make the Washington commanders Super Bowl favorites by any means, but I, I think he was the best option available via trade like I would I would rather have him over Jimmy Garoppolo I know Garoppolo wins games but I would have rather had Carson Wentz over Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. I do think if you look at it the this is some of the best weapons he's had since maybe the year he should have won MVP before getting the ACL 
injury, but Terry McLaurin is a top wide receiver. Antonio Gibson is a top running back that can also catch passes. Logan Thomas is an underrated tight end. They have some young guys as wide receiver too. They can still sign one. Maybe they'll go out and get a guy like Allen Robinson. Maybe they'll go out and draft, you know, in the first two rounds, a wide receiver. As long as they don't spend, you know, 30 million on Zay Jones, they'll be all right. Like I still like Diami Brown, who they drafted in the second round last year. Like there's definitely some pieces there. And if they can, you know, if he they can rein him in, I think that's going to be the the big thing that they'll have to do. They can rein him in and rely on that running game, rely on that defense, and just go out and play football. You know, I think Carson Wentz could make a big impact and could have the commanders win the division this year. Now, that that also speaks on how I view the division. Like, I still think the Cowboys are probably the front runners. You can't rule out the Eagles since they made the playoffs. But, like, they're right there. It's not a huge needle mover over Tyler Henneke, but I still think it's definitely an upgrade. So I'm going to be on the other end of this because might as well have three different opinions and I'm the hot takes guy. So I can't just be boring. Uh, I think this is a phenomenal move. I think the commanders just killed it with this trade. Um, I think the Colts got fleeced. I mean, you gave up on a guy cause he had one bad game. And if you really want to put blame on Carson Wentz for losing one game that would have meant you making the playoffs, how about the fact that you have a running back that is in MVP conversation and you don't use him in the most important game of the year? Uh, look at the coaching before you look at the quarterback, to be honest with you. Is Carson Wentz elite? No. Is he good? Yeah. Uh, put him in the right situation. He's going to be a solid quarterback. And I do think that Carson Wentz is better than some of the other options that were out there. I I like him better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I like him better than... Uh, trading three first round picks for a Deshaun Watson. I mean, the price that they got him at and the caliber of quarterback you're getting is great. And the thing that I'm most excited for is this man gets to go against the Eagles twice a year. And that is exciting to me. I love it. Uh, I want to see, look, I like the Eagles. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I would consider myself time, a, please. I can't promise <laughs> It'll that be I Thursday am, night prime time. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I, I can't promise that I am an Eagles fan. Uh, I am a Titans fan first and foremost, but I do like the Eagles. However, I want to see Carson Wentz and the Commanders beat the Eagles like 87 nothing. I want to see it. I want to see him absolutely take a huge steaming dump on the Eagles, air it out. I want him to have break the passing record um, in this game against the Eagles because would, nothing would make me happier, especially if he does it in Philadelphia. I want to hear the boos from my house an hour away from Philly. Uh, I'm excited for this, guys. <laughs> yeah, I definitely – I'm excited for the games for him to return to the link. I definitely like that. Um, I will say I probably should have mentioned that the, the Russell Wilson trade, if they could have got Russell Wilson, I think that would have been a better trade option. I know we've talked about the other ones, but that was definitely a big – name that got moved but because they wouldn't they got went out and got Carson Wentz I think he was the best available after that point and I, I like this move it seems like George isn't but I feel like that's some hate based on him being an Eagles fan and not respecting what Carson Wentz actually did for him for that team and when they lose to Carson Wentz and all the Eagles fans wish they have him back this year it'll be a great thing to see uh, but you did mention Deshaun Watson and that's the next guy in the quarterback carousel that we're talking about and he was cleared from his criminal charges by a grand jury, but he can still face some civil lawsuits. But with that stuff behind him, he is now being looked at 
as a potential trade candidate. In the rare instance, he has all the control on where he likes to go. The current teams that are leading the race are the Saints, Panthers, Falcons. Pretty much everyone facing Tom Brady is like, hey, we need a quarterback. <laughs> and then the Browns are a dark horse. So which team do you think makes the most sense or where are you hoping Deshaun Watson goes? Um, I think at this point, um, I think the favorite is have to be the Falcons because it does seem like Deshaun Watson's going to have a bit of a say, especially because of his no trade clause. And I've heard a lot of um, things going around the news recently that the Falcons ownership really likes Deshaun Watson. Apparently he used to be a ball boy for them back in the day. So he's has a relationship with them. I think that would be his first choice when it comes to best choice. I think if the saints want to compete again, that's got like he's the guy that's going to do it for them. They did decent with Jameis Winston before he got hurt. If they go back to Jameis Winston, they might still be a borderline playoff team, sure. But I think Deshaun Watson would really move the needle for them if they can make it work with their cap situation. That's I think the biggest thing about it all. Um, I think that's where he would make the biggest difference right away. Yeah, I think it is really interesting that it is everybody in that division that is going against Tom Brady is in the mix for this and. I honestly do believe that Deshaun Watson being an elite level quarterback, that if he does slide in there and play to the ability that we know he can do, uh, he could take any of these teams to winning the division um, because I'm still not 100% sold on the Bucks as much as everybody else is with Tom Brady coming back. So out of these three teams, which one do I think is the best to land Watson? The Saints would have been my answer if they still had Sean Payton. You don't have Sean Payton anymore. Makes it a little less enticing. I don't love the Saints. Uh, the Falcons would have been enticing if they still had Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage and Julio Jones and all these exciting people to throw to. He could come in and have just receivers galore. Instead, now it's like, all right, you got Kyle Pitts. And that's it. <laughs> you got a sophomore <laughs> tight end. Um, and... I mean, even I think Alamidi Zacchaeus, I think he's a free agent this year, too. I, I think, nah, I think he's back. Dead. Is he back? Did they re-sign him? I think he's back. So I could have swore his contract was up. Um, either I think way, he was one of those restricted or exclusive rights free agents, so he was technically a free agent, but he really wasn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Got it. Either way, the receivers over there in Atlanta not looking too great either. Uh, but to be honest, are you really that thrilled with the Panthers either? At least you got DJ Moore. <laughs> That's exciting. Uh, I think out of these teams, the team that if I was Deshaun Watson, I would try to go to the most uh, would be the Panthers. I think they have the best receiving threats, uh, at least on the outside. I know the tight end is a lot more enticing with uh, Kyle Pitts. But if I had to take a second choice, it would be the Falcons because I'd like to play with Arthur Smith, a great offensive-minded head coach, see what he can do with you. Um, personally, the Saints, out for me. So let me just give you a hypothetical quick before we move to Cody. The Falcons go out and they sign either Allen Robinson or Jarvis Landry, and then they get Melvin Gordon. Kind of push the chips in if they go and get if they go and get Deshaun Watson. Does that move them to number one for you? It helps. Um, it, it definitely, <laughs> I guess it definitely no. helps. I don't know because like it's hard for me to look at Allen Robinson as an elite receiver anymore because. Every year we're like, Allen Robinson, here we go. He's about to be back to his old self. But the last few years, he hasn't looked like himself. Uh, he hasn't been that exciting. I was bigger than everybody else on Allen Robinson finally being awesome 
last year and having one of his biggest seasons ever. And then he was just a dud. Um, Melvin Gordon. I mean, he's exciting what he can do with the ball after you throw it to him, but uh, he's getting up there in age. Who knows how well his body's going to hold up or what he still has in him. Um, I think it definitely helps showing that they're willing to go out and get some weapons. Um, I think they're going to have to draft a receiver in the first round. If they go out and get Deshaun Watson, if they still have a first round pick left over, uh, after training for him, probably not. Let's see. Probably not. I don't think they will, and that's going to be the big, interesting thing for all these teams. Um, I would probably say I think the Panthers would make the most sense, but who are you giving up? Or like, are they going to trade Christian McCaffrey, Derek Brown, and J.C. Horn plus three first-round picks back to him? Because I, I believe they're still asking for three players and three first-round picks. Are is Atlanta going to have to give up because they don't have you know a big young like? Are they going to have to give up a Kyle Pitts to go get Deshaun Watson? At that point, is it worth it? Like the Saints, I don't even know who the Saints would give up. Same with the Cleveland Browns. Like it's going to be interesting on what the return well, is and how valuable actually, that is. Thinking of that, I could think of who the Browns could give up because I mean, throwing back Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt, and one of their three tight ends. They're deep at skill positions that are outside of wide receiver. I mean, that could work, but it's, I think I saw they don't even want Baker. Well, yeah, that's possible too, but nobody does at this point. It's kind of sad, but honestly, <laughs> I think it's in the best interest of the Saints, Panthers, Falcons, and potentially Browns to play the waiting game. Like, yes, the Texans are like, we want three first round picks. We want all these players. We want all this. If you want them, you got to give us all this. But what happens when none of these teams say they're willing to give that up? What happens when all the teams are like, we'll give you one first round pick, a second round pick and a player when they reduce it to that? Are the Texans really going to pay the money of Deshaun Watson and get nothing in return, have him just sit out again an entire another year just because they were too headstrong on what they're getting back? Um, I mean, if you're the Texans and it's either have Deshaun Watson sit or get even just a second-round pick out of him, I'll take the second-round pick because at least you're getting something for a guy that wasn't going to play for you anyway, and you remove that cap. So... It really depends on if these teams are going to jump the gun and throw all these chips at the Texans or if they're all going to sit back and patiently wait for the price to drop a little bit. Because right now, three first-round picks and three players for a guy who didn't even play last year, that's a little steep. No, I it's them I'm, trying to recoup all those first-round picks they've traded over the last four years. Yeah, and I don't think someone will pay something similar. It might not be three all-stars. It could be very similar to the Russell Wilson trade. Um, you know, they got a Noah fan. They got a Shelby, Shelby Harris. Harris. And I can't even think of the third. Oh, Drew Locke. Drew that's Locke. why I couldn't think of it. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It could end up being three players like that. It might not be three superstars. It might just be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think someone will eventually pay it or maybe it'll go down to two first rounds, but they'll definitely get it. But I think the last thing we should talk about with Deshaun Watson is just because he was cleared from his criminal charges, he still is facing those civil lawsuits. And will still most likely be suspended by the league, whether that'll be six games, eight games, or less. Like, so even though you're trading on, he might not even make a huge impact. He might miss the first half of the season for his new team. So that is something to keep in mind too with Deshaun Watson. Um, but two other trades happened before we get into the the juicy part of the show, the free agency, uh, and they're big trades. Khalil Mack headed to the Chargers for exchanges of picks, and then Amari Cooper traded for a fifth-round pick to the Cleveland Browns, but that caused Jarvis Landry to then be cut. Out of those two moves, which one do you think will make the biggest impact on their new team? 
I, I got to say Khalil Mack to the Chargers, and I'll give you my reasoning. I think Amari Cooper at this point in his career and Khalil Mack at this point in his career, Amari Cooper is the bigger name. I think Amari Cooper has the potential for the bigger splash. I think Khalil Mack is the bigger piece because you already have a dominant defense in the Chargers. Now, we've seen teams with uh, two amazing edge rushers on the same team. You know, you have one big guy. Everybody double teams that guy. And then he doesn't really do much. But when you have multiple great pass rushers on one team, you can't double team him or the other guy's wide open. I hate to say it, but I'll go back to the Texans when they had Jadavian Clowney fresh out the draft and J.J. Watt in his prime. Everybody's focused on J.J. Watt. Clowney's getting home. So then you start focusing on Clowney. Watt's getting home. You can't stop both of them. So now you got these two big edge rushers. I think Khalil Mack is going to feast. I think Joey Bosa just went up in value as well. Um, if you have an IDP league uh, and Amari Cooper, I think he's a great player. I think I, the reason he, the only reason he went for a fifth instead of going for more was because of his contract. Um, but the reason I don't like him is because they had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and couldn't do anything with the pass game. Um, and you could say, oh, it's because Odell's not what he used to be, but he goes to the Rams and suddenly he looks good. Um, Jarvis Landry has shown flashes in the past. Like we know he can be a good receiver, but there's something going on, whether it's Baker, whether it's the offensive coordinator, whether it's the offensive line, not giving them time, there's something going on with that Browns team. The pass game is not working. Um, and until you figure out what that is and fix that, I don't think Cooper is going to make that much of a difference. Yeah. I mean, you basically took the words right out of my mouth and talking about Amari Cooper. Um, I, don't know like I if you would have asked me this last offseason I would have said Amari Cooper probably would have been the bigger signing because I think Amari Cooper probably has more left than Odell Beckham and then we saw Odell Beckham get traded and go to the Rams and look like a competent wide receiver again and that's why everyone doesn't want Baker Mayfield because they think all of a sudden now it's Baker Mayfield's fault because these solid wide receivers were not producing um so I think because of that, plus I've been the one that's questioning how solid Amari Cooper is. Amari Cooper had a heck of a second half that first year he got traded to Dallas. Since then, maybe because there's been other receivers around that the Cowboys have been trying to feature, he has not produced up to the Amari Cooper that everybody thinks he should be. So could you say Amari Cooper is much better than Odell Beckham, especially the way Odell Beckham looked in L.A.? No, I don't think you can say that. They're probably almost a lateral move. So I think Khalil Mack's the biggest, um, the bigger move here. I agree with you with the two edge rushers as well. And uh, I think that you can even compare it to Jarvis. I mean, not sorry, Miles Garrett and um, Jadavion Clowney last year in Cleveland. Yeah, George, I'm right there with you. I do think, and Tyler as well, I think Khalil Mack is the bigger trade, uh, but I am excited to see Amari Cooper in the Browns. I think I have a little bit more faith in him than both of you guys. And, you know, we talked about his contract, but after some of these free agent deals, seems like a steal to get Amari Cooper for three more years at his current, his current rate. And maybe it's finally the guy that, you know, can help Baker turn it around in Cleveland. Don't forget. He did play through two torn labrums last year, or, you know, maybe if they are the dark horse that goes out and pull Deshaun Watson, like that is a great number one target for, for him. So Khalil Mack, I think makes the biggest impact on paper, uh, but he is he's a little bit older. He has dealt with some injuries in our connected Madden franchise. He's re- wanted to retire on Tyler's team for three straight years. So maybe Madden <laughs> knows something we don't. Um, so I do like the Cl- Khalil Mack and what the Chargers are doing. But I think 
Amari Cooper could be, you know, a nice addition. And it, it it's a true number one wide receiver that they'll have. Like, say what you want, Odell Beckham. He there was something wrong with that fit from the day he got there. He was just never the guy he was in New York or the guy we saw in in Los Angeles. And then Jarvis Landry is great as he is. He is like a slack guy. So Jarvis Landry or Amari Cooper being a true number one could be a big a big boost to that offense. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see if we are right or wrong on that, but we all seem in agreement. So why don't we move on to, as Cody called the meat of the show, our free agency reactions. And as I remind you on the top of the show, make sure you go to thecouchjams.com. You can check out our NFL free agency tracker where we are tracking all the signings across the league, not just fantasy relevant, but all the defensive positions as well. We'll keep updating it periodically throughout the day as the free agency period becomes official and we start rolling through to uh, calming down in the next few days. But I think we'd have a couple of guys in here we wanted to talk about for fantasy relevance in their new fits. And why don't we start off at the quarterback position with Mitch Trubisky, the new presumed starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Big Ben era is over. It's been going on for so long. It's going to be hard to tell how a quarterback's going to fare in that system. But Mitch Trubisky, not only was he cheap because he came as a free agent, was probably one of the better fits for that offense because of that, don't you think? Absolutely. I, think I mean, that- honestly, I think everybody's kind of hard on Mitch Trubisky. I, I think it's a lot of laughing because, like, ah, oh, look, it's Mitch Trubisky of all people. But honestly, Mitch <laughs> Trubisky really wasn't that bad. Like, he wasn't great. He wasn't elite, but he, you know, did enough to make the playoffs. He did enough to win games. Um, and can we honestly say that where Big Ben was in his career, they were still a playoff team or borderline playoff team, uh, depending on a couple more wins. But based off of where Big Ben was in his career when he retired, is Mitch Trubisky really worse than what Big Ben was? Uh, Big Ben couldn't throw more than 10 yards. Uh, he had no shoulder left, and he was 300 pounds trying to run. Um, honestly, look worse than Peyton Manning trying to run the ball out there. And... <laughs> I, I think Mitch Trubisky's better than that. I think Mitch Trubisky's coming out. He's going to have some good receivers to throw to. Uh, he has guys like Chase Claypool he can lean on. He has the running back and Najee Harris. Uh, he has the pieces around him. He's just got to be good. He doesn't have to be great. He just has to be good. He has a solid defense, uh, good weapons. Like I think this is a great signing by the Steelers. Don't go throwing away your entire future uh, with picks and all your cap and everything else to go get another guy. Uh, go get a guy like Mitch Trubisky that you can win now with. And, you know, if he's not the guy, cool. It, you can wait until there's a better quarterback draft class and then draft the quarterback then. I, I'm, ex- I'm with you on that. I think the Mitch Trubisky signing, as much as I don't want to admit it as a Packers fan, I think this was the best signing so far uh, to date for the Steelers. Steelers and overall they got a good value out of it they got a quarterback that like you mentioned is he is he how much difference is he can't be much worse than what Big Ben was last year and that still got into the playoffs so even if he takes him a little bit further he's you know more athletic you know it might hurt like your Deontay Johnson he might not be the reception machine he's been under uh Big Ben that is something we'll have to wait and see how the wide receiver core shakes out, but they still have Najee Harris. They have Pat Fryermuth, the young tight end that he can rely on. I really like this move. Just please. I've already seen it start. His name is Trubisky. Let's not start the 
Trubisky, you know, like to calling him that. Like, let's not do that. Hit this call it Trubisky, call him Mitch Mitchell, Trubisky. That can't. That's got to go. It's like Pennsylvania. I haven't heard that one yet. Oh no. (laughs) I guess it's a Pennsylvania thing. I don't know, but now I mean I agree with you guys. Mitch Trubisky was a solid fit there for Pittsburgh, and I think people are underestimating him because they still have the Matt Nagy effect on him. So. We'll see how he performs now. He's also was really loved in Buffalo, by the way. All I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of players for Buffalo were tweeting out congrats to Mitch after that signing. And they were really they really grew close with him in just one year in, in Buffalo. So we'll see how that goes. Tyler, I know you had something to ask about our next guy. So I'll let you move us on. Yeah, this is going to be one of those signings that's going to fly under the radar. Nobody's really going to talk about or care about right now until it becomes important. But uh, the Giants went out and signed quarterback Tyrod Taylor uh, to be their presumed backup, uh, one of the top backups on the market. And guys, I got to ask a question here. Now, we've seen Daniel Jones last year, we thought was going to be the last chance for Daniel Jones and the entire uh season was just horrendous like it's not you can't just completely blame Daniel Jones the injuries left and right for that team were just horrible but the whole season was bad it was an ugly team to watch nobody wanted to watch a Giants game even if their favorite team was playing them because it was so bad to watch so Daniel Jones gets another chance if they both are healthy we'll use that as a caveat who is going to be the quarterback for this team by the end of the season Tyrod Taylor, Daniel Jones, or even somebody else. What do you guys think? I'll start. All right, George, you start. Nope, you're starting. You said I'll start. Okay. Um, So to end the season, I'm going to go with Tyrod Taylor. Even if Daniel Jones starts the year, I don't see – I haven't seen anything out of Daniel Jones enough for me to tell – for me to say he is a presumed starting quarterback in the NFL. People can say differently. That's fine. But – they are going to give him one more chance. Maybe the team around him will stay healthy this time. Maybe it won't, but I don't think he's going to show enough and they're going to move on to Tyrod Taylor and Tyrod Taylor has looked solid in his last few stops when he has gotten starts. He won a game with Houston, which is an accomplishment and did look solid for some parts of the season. He looked really good in LA two years ago before he got uh, the punctured lung. So I think the giants are going to eventually make that move and they're going to have a stronger second half than they had a first half. And if they make the move early enough, maybe they will be a borderline seven seed even because I do think that he could get the best out of some of those weapons around him that um, Daniel Jones could not last year. So I, I'm conflicted with this question. I really am. Um, Tyrod Taylor. I think it's interesting. One, he signed a two year deal. So I think, and I think he'll be around for both years of it. And that tends to believe to me, and this is just, I think it'll be Daniel Jones. And if we're going on the caveat, they're both healthy from start to finish. Why? Because that way they're not officially tanking, but they're tanking. (laughs) I'm giving up on my Daniel Jones is going to break out in year three. You know, maybe this new coaching staff can, but I just don't, I just don't see it. I think their goal is to get, Tyrod Taylor in there, a veteran with the new coaching staff that can learn the playbook and then come in and be a mentor for the rookie quarterback next year. So I don't think their goal is to, sure, their goal is to win games, but I'll put that in quotation marks. I think their goal is to, you know, 
know this is a, a rebuild year. They're taking a down year. If Daniel Jones surprises the world and takes a year four jump and comes out baller, that's a happy surprise. But I do think Daniel Jones will start to finish, but it might not be because they're trying to win games rather than they're trying to lose games. Well, not trying to lose games, but intentionally, because I don't want to get into that whole Miami Dolphins thing, but we definitely have Browns too. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys, why don't we then move from the quarterback position to the running back position? And we talked last week, Cody, about a lot of Cardinals players that were potentially leaving. Well, the two Cardinals running backs, we have a resolution already. James Conner was re-signed by the Cardinals on a three-year deal, and Chase Edmonds is headed to Miami. So I'm going to combine these two. (laughs) Thanks, Tyler. I'm going to combine these two. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. This is great. This is going great here. (laughs) I'm going to combine these two. So Edmonds obviously going to a backfield that uh, was not very successful at all last year. James Conner looked very good when he was the solo back in Arizona. Which one of these guys do you like the fit better? Conner. Easy. I mean, you just you just kind of like Edmonds set it up nicely for me here. Uh, Connor looked great as a soul back. Edmonds is now gone. He goes over to Miami, which uh, even though he thinks Edmonds is a better pick and I'm really excited (laughs) to hear why Edmonds is going to what I'm going to consider another fantasy running back wasteland uh, because they have Salvan Ahmed. They got Miles Gaskin. Uh, I think they still got Malcolm Brown, too. And now you got Chase Edmonds. You got four running backs. All of them are okay at best. I'm not a huge Chase Edmonds fan to begin with. I thought he was a little overrated. So I don't like it. I think there's going to be a split. I think Edmonds will be the number one back, but I don't think he's going to do enough to be fantasy relevant. All right, I'll give my counter argument. And I do think this is a 50-50 question. Like I think we're at this point in the season, we're you know flipping a coin on which one will have a better fantasy season. Uh, for me, I just knocked Connor down a little bit because he was mostly all touchdowns last year. He did come alive a little bit before he got hurt near the end of the season. Uh, both these guys have health question marks going into the following season as well. They just aren't guys that have typically been able to stay healthy for a full season. Uh, but for me, I'm picking Chase Edmonds, uh, not just because he is a local product uh, of the Central PA area, but also because of the new coach, Mike McDaniel. Uh, he comes from the Shanahan tree. Shanahan is that tree dating all the way back to his dad has been known for creating thousand yard rushers like that. They just make running backs good. And I think he'll fit in nicely. I'll compare him to a guy like Elijah Mitchell. I think that's the role we're going to use him in. He doesn't have the full breakaway speed as another 49ers running back where he most or two is actually a free agent, Uh, but just squeeze him in there. Let him do his thing. Give him the lead back. Yes. The mix and match. Um, so it is interesting that I'm picking Chase Edmonds, but you compare them to a running back wasteland, which we often joke about the 49ers being one of those. Um, but I don't know, maybe it's just because of how it, it was injury related, but they seem to really dive into Elijah Mitchell. And I think that's the type of production we could see out of Chase Edmonds this upcoming season. I mean, I think I'm going to lean with Tyler here and go with James Conner because we saw more out of James Conner and he's in the same system now as he was last year. But I do think this is a big stock up for Chase Edmonds and even a little bit of a stock up for James Conner seeing as they split and Chase Edmonds has shown to be an explosive back. Hopefully he's not going to be overused to the point where he does get hurt. I'm hoping he can stay healthy because they have a lot of backs around him now in Miami. And I have faith that that Miami run game only has place to go up from here. 
Um, but there's one other running back we wanted to talk about in this. And the Buffalo Bills, we were spotlighting as a team that wanted a running back, that needed a running back that could bang somebody in and be fantasy relevant right off the bat. And then they make the great signing of signing J.D. McKissick. Well, I think it's a little anticlimactic for me. Do you guys think that this is going to mean anything for fantasy or is this just making the Buffalo backfield even worse because of a bigger split? I think it means a lot, and I don't think it's because of J.D. McKissick. I think the fact that they went out and signed a guy like J.D. McKissick instead of trying to make a move for a bigger running back, to me, shows that they are actually finally trusting Devin Singletary. We saw Singletary coming alive mm. at the end of the season, uh, so I think the fact that they went for a lower-named running back means that they're going to trust Singletary a little bit more moving forward, and I think McKissick is going to be more of a third-down um, passing downs type of running back. I don't think he's going to be very fantasy relevant, but he'll slot in there and he'll catch a few passes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put McKissick up there with like, you know, the must-have handcuff. He's not your Tony Pollard. He's not with whoever is backing up Dalvin Cook. Like, But I think it is a value pick. We saw what he did in relief for Antonio Gibson when he was in Washington. Like, it is he's a solid running back. I do think it shows some trust in Devin Singletary. I also think it also puts them into consideration to adding, you know, maybe a rookie running back in the second round. Um, there's not, you know, I feel like every year we're at the point where there's not like a, there shouldn't be a running back in the top 10. That's just not where their value is at. Uh, but there's definitely some guys late first round, second round talent that they could add. And it will unfortunately make it a more convoluted background backfield. Uh, but I think that'll be a path that they end up taking. So we still have a lot of question marks in Buffalo. I Tyler, I thought that was a very interesting way to spin it. And maybe it is they're going to try to give more of a um, put more faith in Devin Singletary. But I think J.D. McKissick has to have some kind of value in the past game going there. Like they got that kind of back for a reason. Um, so it's going to be the first, second down and then the third down back in McKissick potentially, which could be good for fantasy. You don't really know. Um, moving on to the wide receiver position. Christian Kirk got so much money. <laughs> And while I think he's a solid receiver, I think the Jaguars way overpaid for a Christian Kirk. He's probably going to be their wide receiver one. Do you think he's going to be a decent wide receiver for fantasy? Like, could he be a wide receiver two? Is he a borderline flex? Is it going to be a disaster in Jacksonville like it was last year? Where do you put this uh, pick for his value? <laughs> he got money. Uh, you're not going to pay a him lot that, of money. <laughs> you're not going to pay him that kind of money unless you're planning on using him. And even though he had a rough rookie season, Trevor Lawrence is still nothing to turn your head at. I mean, he's still a good quarterback. So I, I think Christian Kirk is definitely going to have some fantasy value. Is he going to be one of your early wide receiver one targets? No. Uh, is he a decent wide receiver two target? Yeah. Yeah. He could definitely fit in there. Um, I mean, we saw what DJ Chark was able to do uh, with the Jags when he was fully healthy, and now you're bringing in another exciting young receiver. It's just, it's interesting to me that uh, Kirk is not what I consider one of the best receivers in the NFL. I wasn't even, he wasn't even in consideration for me, and now he's one of the highest paid receivers in the NFL. Um, and all I think this does is really mess up the wide receiver market because now you got guys like, 
uh, Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin, who were tagged and looking for real contracts. And you got guys like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf that are going to be looking to get re-signed and get new contracts. And uh, you got them going into these talks where you're offering them um, you know, respectable money, and they're going to be like, well, Christian Kirk's making this, and I'm better than him. <laughs> So why don't I make this like it's just going to mess up the wide receiver market, which is going to change a lot of things up. A lot of guys are going to be losing out on some money, getting cut, moving to different teams because teams can't afford the contracts that the Jags are dishing out over here. Um, But long story short, yeah, I think he's going to be a good fantasy wide receiver. I think that the Jags have the wide the the pieces. They got James Robinson. Uh, We'll talk about him later, but they got Evan Engram. They got... uh, they still have Trevor Lawrence. They just got Christian Kirk. They have the pieces. Zay Jones. It's will they Zay? Yeah, Zay Jones. Woo. Uh, <laughs> but will they put it all together and actually be a real team? Probably not. It's still the Jags. Jags going to Jag. Yeah, man. Uh, Christian Kirk. That was that was that was a fun time watching those contract numbers come out. I know they've backtracked and it's not as high as it was originally reported. That was like a big up too. There's a lot of bonuses. It's still high for a guy like Christian Kirk. And we talked about their pieces, and we're going to talk about DJ Chark next. Um, but I got to ask you guys. I have I have two questions. Uh, the first, I'm going to stick with just the Jags. Going into next year, do you like Marvin Jones or Christian Kirk more? <laughs> Christian Kirk. And the fact that um, is it just because of money? I think Kirk's a better receiver than Marvin Jones, but I also was not on the Marvin Jones bandwagon as heavily as uh, you guys were, especially George. I know he was heavily on the mm-hmm. Marvin Jones bandwagon the last few years. I mean, Marvin Jones is like all reliable. Um, he did not have a great second half. He started off the season pretty solid. I think it's going to be Christian Kirk is the guy to own. Marvin Jones might actually even get a little bit of value though out of this because it's going to be some eyes for the defense to look away from him. And assuming Trevor Lawrence takes a second year jump. Absolutely. And it is worth noting that there are some reports that LaVisca Chanel is available on the trade market now after they have signed some guys. Uh, but as I transition into the next big free agent wide receiver that's been signed so far and DJ Chark, just looking at the money aspect of it, you know, the I, over a hundred million dollars in guaranteed money. I think the Chargers spent yesterday are not the Chargers, the Jags. I'm so sorry for the Chargers fans and comparing you to the Jags. I did not mean that. That was a, a bad <laughs> slip, but Jacksonville, you look at their offense. They have James Robinson, Travis Etienne at running back. They have Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, LaVisca Chenault, and Evan Ingram at tight end. You go over to this team that signed you know, DJ Chark for a one-year $10 million deal, which I know is because he's coming off an injury. But the Lions, they have DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. They have Amra St. Brown. DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds, Quez Watkins, TJ Hawkinson. Like, why do I still feel like they didn't spend as much money, but they still have the better offense after the team that just spent over a hundred million. And the goat. And I don't know. They do. <laughs> well, it, Jared Goff compared to rookie Trevor Lawrence. I don't, there's not much of a difference there. No, honestly, I don't know if you can even say they're better, but they're at least comparable. And for the, the savings that the lions have. And I mean, that's part of that's bringing guys up through the system as compared to signing them off of free agency as veterans. But I honestly would probably think I would lean the lions offense over the Jaguars, especially knowing you can build with much more cap around it. App. I'm that's where I'm at. And 
the I mean the whole Christian Kirk thing blows my mind. Like why they picked him <laughs> over DJ Chark. I mean he's only had four 100 yard receiving games in his four years career. Four, four games where he had over 100 yards. Like that's mind blowing to give all that money to it. But DJ Chark to me was one of the most interesting guys on the market. I hate that he went to Detroit. He's still 25, super athletic, 6'4", 210, but has a lot of speed behind him. I don't know if Detroit was the best place for him to go to like break out and be like a guy that could get big money. But then we saw Zay Jones and Christian Kirk get big money as supplementary pieces on other teams. So I think that is might not be the best signing, but it's been my favorite signing. And I hate that it's the Lions of the whole agency so far. He says yep. this as the Packers are going to win the division again. Yep, always. Hey, <laughs> I can't mean I still don't, you know, hate the move. I don't like our team's getting better. Yeah, you don't hear me out here going, I can't believe Christian Kirk went to the Jags, and I can't believe, you know, Evan Ingram was the tight end that I was hoping the Titans would get, and he went to the Jags. I can't believe, because the, the Jags still suck. I mean, you got, it's the Lions <laughs> that made the move, and the Lions still suck. I mean, do they have a chance of being better this year? Absolutely. Are they a chance of winning the division this year? No, absolutely not. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to the other receivers. Uh, Michael Gallup did uh, re-sign with the Cowboys on a long-term deal. I mean, that's pretty expected after the trade of Amari Cooper that they lock up one of their own. Um, but the other guy out there, bit of an interesting move, and this one could be your um, stock up, stock down watch of the week, and it is Russell Gage. Uh, he went from a team where he was a number three receiver. And when he got the chances, he was starting to look good. And then the one number one and number two receiver went away. Gage became the number one. And now he's going to the bucks where he's going to go right back to being a number three, number four. I mean, honestly, depending on breakouts could be a number five receiver for the bucks. I mean, I would have to assume this signing is to replace Antonio Brown, at least in their mind. So I would I'll slot him at number three for now. I get exactly where you're coming from, though. Um, but really, I think it has to be at least looking at it a stock down for the moment because he went from being a wide receiver one to a wide receiver three. And knowing how Antonio Brown, while solid when he was on the field and not jumping off the field, saluting the fans at uh, MetLife, um, he was semi-inconsistent just because there's not a lot of targets to go around for three solid wide receivers and a potential tight end there in that offense. So he could have some fantasy value in the coming year. It's just going to be the whole Tampa Bay wide receiver carousel we've been dealing with. Just add in Russell Gage now, and we thought we might have just had two next year. Yeah, I think Russell Gage, uh, one, I mean, they did sign him three years, 30 million. So they definitely paid a commitment for him. Um Chris Godwin could start the the year on PUP coming off the ACL injury. So he could be the number two filling in for the number three. Once Chris Godwin gets back, he is going to play with Tom Brady who led the league in passing year. So I think his stock is actually about the same, if not up because of he's going to a better system compared to where he was last year. I mean, Matt Ryan was through him. Some games through him. Didn't he, even though he was the number one, he still had games with zero catches and zero targets. Like, say what you want about whether that was him getting open or Matt Ryan not targeting game plan or stuff like that. Um, so I think it's still consistent. And I think he's a guy that you might be able to take a late round flyer in, in your fantasy drafts, get it, you know, a solid four or five weeks out of him, trade him before the PUP line comes up with Chris Godwin, you know, gets him at like, that's the type of guy you might look to draft for early season that might taper off as Chris want Chris Godwin gets healthier and then back into the lineup. I guess I'm just higher on guys like Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller than you guys because I like 
uh, the potential that those guys bring to the table, especially with the speed aspect. I feel like having their speed on the field alone opens up the rest of the receivers, so they're going to get more playing time. Um, guess that's just me. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really like I mean, you're Russell missing Cyril Grayson, I think, too. I mean, that's a good point. Grayson really got a lot of hype from that coaching staff at the end of the year. Am I saying that Gage is going to be a complete bust and never used? No, but I just I think he's going to be too inconsistent for me. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's on the field all the time. Um, and when you have a guy like Tom Brady, I mean, Gronk isn't back yet, but I expect Gronk to come back. That's already some targets that are automatically stolen away. Uh, they're going to use the run game. They have been the last couple of years, whether that's going to be with Ronald Jones or if Leonard Fournette comes back or even if there's somebody else in there, maybe even Keyshawn Vaughn steps up, takes a starting role. Uh, there's some touches that goes away. Mike Evans is going to be the number one. Godwin back eventually. I just I don't like the potential for touches that Russell Gage has, especially with the speedsters in there too, the young guys. So I don't like him. I would avoid him in drafts, but Cody does make some good points on some potential, you know, draft now, trade for later uh, kind of move. But guys, let's go ahead and move on to the tight ends because I did mention some tight ends in there, especially my guy, Evan Engram. I was hoping he would go to the Titans because they need one. Uh, Zach Ertz, he stays with the Cardinals. Uh, Evan Engram, he goes to the Jags, part of that money that they were dishing out. Um, CJ Uzama also uh, on the move. So guys, which of these tight ends do you think is going to have the biggest fantasy impact this season? Um, I think that has to go to Zach Ertz because Zach Ertz really did have a breakout when he did go to Arizona last year. He seemed like he liked the area, wanted to stay. He gets his wish, says a three-year contract there. He might even end his career there in Arizona. Um, he, We talked about hitting the fantasy jackpot last year when he got traded and we got him and we got Dallas Goddard both freed up as, you know, separate, you know, separated and freed up and, raise their fancy value i think you're going to see similar this year to what you saw at the end of last year um the dark horse pick there uzama going to the jets is very interesting the jets haven't had a solid tight end in a while we don't know what we're going to get out of zach wilson we've been talking a lot about trevor lawrence in this episode because of how much the jaguars made moves but we haven't talked much about zach wilson who also struggled in his rookie year, is looking for a bounce back here. The Jets are trying to put pieces around him. Uzama was a key part of that Cincinnati Bengals run to the Super Bowl. He could be the safety net that Zach Wilson was missing last year. So I want to keep an eye on him. He's not somebody I would put too far up your draft board and, you know, overpay for. But if you're going to take a second wide, a second tight end in the draft near the in the late rounds, he's somebody that should be on your radar. No, I was going to pick Uzama as the guy, uh, but I got to, there should not be a second tight end on your radar. Nope. That's not how you draft fantasy football. You get one tight end and you play the waiver wires. You don't need two, especially if you get I a mean, guy early. Don't hear what I'm not saying. If you're taking a top tight end, even if you're taking a Zach Ertz, if you're taking a top six tight end, you're definitely not, probably not drafting another tight end. If you're taking, waiting until round 12 to take a tight end, I don't see a problem with taking a second tight end on your roster. I think that's a terrible strategy, but we'll, we can fight that off all offseason. Okay. About this is this is the same guy who drafted like nine wide receivers and ended up trading Stephon Diggs for Cam Newton because of the fact that he's like, well. I have way too many receivers because that's how I drafted. So I guess I'll just give you Stefan Diggs for nothing. 
and I ended up beating you with Stefan Diggs in the championship because you did that. Uh, Cody has an interesting draft strategy. I'm not <laughs> going to go out and say it doesn't work. I'm not going to because I've seen what it can do. I can see how dangerous it is. Your top two Three straight championship matchups. You can see his top guys one victory. get hurt, Madison. and he still has number one receivers slotting in. He has that trade value. Cody's also a heavy trade guy, but maybe you're not. Maybe you're the kind of guy that doesn't like the trade. Maybe you're the kind of guy that likes to stick with their drafted team for the most part, make a couple free agent moves if needed. If you're that kind of guy, take two tight ends. You never know. If you got a guy like Travis Kelsey, you don't really need one on the roster right away. Um, if you take a guy like an Evan Ingram or a CJ Uzama, Take a second tight end because odds are one of those guys is going to bust. Um, it really depends on your strategy. Don't just buy into one set way and not look at other possible ways. And we'll get into that kind of thing in the offseason when we give you some tips and tricks when it comes to drafting and uh, give you some more advice for this upcoming fantasy season because, look, we want to see you win some championships. I got two championships. Cody's got a championship. George, you have uh, you have the next guy. On our I got one this year. About. Not I got a championship league. this year. Get out of here. Not in our main <laughs> league. <laughs> I also um, now never mind. No, go no, no please. I, I was gonna away. defend myself a little bit. And <laughs> the whole I just don't see the value in drafting if if you're already like you're essentially punting on the tight end position and you're not and you're like down there looking at guys like Evan Ingram and Uzama, like you have the whole waiver wire available to you. Like I feel like it's I'd rather take a late round flyer on a, a potential breakout running back, potential breakout wide receiver, you know, a rookie quarterback to see how they do in week one, than have CJ Uzama sitting on my bench. And if that's the top waiver wire the next week, well, he's the top waiver wire next week. But I, tight ends normally aren't after week one or week two. That's why I'm saying you shouldn't draft two tight ends. It also doesn't hurt help that there is like four good tight ends all of last season and the rest were all like willing to be not on your roster. You just had to have them. Um, and then I was going to make another comment about our main league where I wasn't going to count Snyder's championship because I wasn't in the league that year. Uh, but as someone that argues that the Packers have 13 championships, uh, it counts further back than Super Bowls. I feel like that would be uh, not a fair argument for me to have. So Tyler, you do have two championships. I want to give you credit for that. Thank you. <laughs> well, then I George, you got to get one. Still. No, yeah, yeah, you got to get one. You cheated and doesn't count. <laughs> way back way way back anyway uh we don't talk about defense as much here but it is n worth noting that the chargers defense has moved way up the defense rankings this week with not only the trade for khalil mack that we mentioned earlier but they were the winners in the bidding war for uh, jc jackson the top young corner that left the new england patriots that defense has some scary pieces. We talked already about the sack potential with their uh, two really strong edge rushers. They really shirt up their secondary. Maybe they'll get Derwin James to stay healthy this year as well. How high in the rankings approximately? I know it's early. Do you put the Chargers defense? Like, well, okay. I might. One, like. Maybe three rounds to go is when you should start taking a defense. I'm not. A no, I'm not even saying draft a defense before. I'm saying in like it just in straight defense rankings, say one through ten. Where do you slot them in compared to other defenses? I was not prepared for this question, so I have to run through all the teams in my head. Um, <laughs> it, right now, I mean, they seem like one of the top options. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say four at the moment. 
And while Tyler and you talk, I'll think of the three that are ahead of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you got teams like the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks defense is always up there. Uh, the Saints defense is worth talking about. The Colts have some pieces. I think the Bills are a strong defense. The Rams, definitely. You got Jalen Ramsey, uh, potentially Von Miller if he comes back. Uh, Aaron Donald, if he doesn't retire. I mean, I don't know what's real He's anymore. Not going to. I don't think he is either, but you never know. Look, you, you got defenses up there that can make a splash. And originally, the Chargers defense wasn't even ranked in the top 10. Uh, I just pulled up the ch- defenses here. The Chargers defense uh, in fantasy for next season were originally ranked 27th. Uh, which is actually, it's crazy <laughs> for me. Um, I would honestly look at them like a top five defense. Uh Defenses in fantasy are not just the best defenses overall, uh, especially if you play in an IDP league. If you play in an IDP league, listen up. Guys like Jalen Ramsey, who you are like, oh, he's one of the best corners in the league. I need to go get that guy for IDP. No, you don't, because that guy is a shutdown corner, meaning the ball's not thrown his way because the guy's not open. And if the ball's not thrown your way as a corner, you're not going to get any defensive stats worth noting for fantasy. Uh, And that goes for fantasy defenses as well. If your defense is not allowing passes, is not allowing any run game, not allowing anything, it's just three and out, boom, move on. You're not going to get a lot of fantasy stats. You're not going to give up a lot of points but your fantasy stats aren't going to be there. I remember the Chiefs of like three years ago, I believe it was, where they allowed like 30 points a game, but every game they were getting defensive touchdowns and force fumbles and picks. They were playmakers, and that defense was good to own. Uh, And that's how I look at the Chargers this year. I think the Chargers defense, despite all the improvements, is still going to give up yards, is still going to give up points. But they got guys like Derwin James. Uh, They got guys like J.C. Jackson, who is a pick artist. You got guys like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa who are going to get you sacks. And sacks are points. Picks are points. You have playmakers on that team, which means you have point potential. Top five defense right there. I just spent a lot of time talking about defense for fantasy. That is crazy. <laughs> I am proud to start leading a uh, a defense chat that went more than one minute. Um, Cody... Do you want me to name who I would put above the Chargers, or do you want to take the lead first? Because I threw the question on you. All right. Uh, so through my quick head, not looking teams up, I would have the Bills ahead of them. I would have the 49ers ahead of them. I would have probably the Saints ahead of them. The Rams, as long as Donald's back, I'd have a ahead of him. And then the one team that I would – it's going to sound crazy – but the New England Patriots, they're always a top fantasy defense. I know they're now losing J.C. Jackson, but they always play just solid defense. They make plays. They score touchdowns. Like, so for me, like that's a team that you could, you know, probably not even get now that they're, you know, if you're drafting for some reason at this point, I have no idea why you would be, but they're, they're right up there. I don't know if I'd put them ahead of the Chargers, but that's like the, the sleeper team I'd add in there. Okay. I had the bills ahead of them. And I had the Saints as well and the Rams. I thought four was a good number. I'm kind of toying between four and five because I'm debating the Colts. And then I have the Patriots right below that group. It still early could change, but that so I'm I'm not that far off from you. Perfect. See, that's why we are fantasy analysis analyst. <laughs> oh my god, I fantasy analysis. Not- I want to be an NFL interview because 
This is why we're not why professional we... analysts, because we can't talk. Uh, we know what we're talking about. We just can't talk. That's why you're going to listen to us on this podcast, and we ain't going to make it on the Sirius XM radio. Like, that's not going to happen. Uh, if you can hey, understand us, we're we'll going to get the good... Dog. I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's can you scream into a microphone? You can be the mad dog. We got to... We'll be on the late night Sirius XM where you're drunk enough that we just make sense with the way we talk. That's where we're going to be. I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. Hey, you just have to make it. I think it's seven. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh. Now we're getting personal guys. Before we get too personal and George (laughs) quits the show live on air, we start talking about the available free agents that are left. Remember free agency. I know it's been crazy. There's probably been like a hundred people that have, confirmed or signed with but it actually doesn't start until four o'clock on wednesday so those when the deals can officially go into place take players can start taking their physicals but there's still a lot of guys left we haven't heard anything which player available is the biggest name out there the one you're most interested to see where he goes um i'll start i guess because no one seems to want to jump in um i think the best wide receiver bat on the board especially because of age is juju smith schuster i know there's still a very strong feeling that he's going to stay in pittsburgh but if he doesn't i'm very interested to see where he ends up and i think he's probably the biggest long-term impact wide receiver left on free agency i'd like to see him go to kansas city and start making tiktok dances with uh, patrick mahomes brother I think it's just, it's meant to be, really. <laughs> well, you're uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I got, I'll got. i go with my guy. Um, so look, there are definitely some big names on this board, some guys that are very important. I'm going to go with the lower name guy because I think that he's going to go somewhere cheap. And I don't think that in all the years he's been in the league, he has really shown his potential yet. And that is my boy, OJ Howard. We've been saying free OJ for years, and we're not talking about Simpson. We're talking about Howard. Um, He is on a team where he was behind other tight ends, where even as the best receiving tight end on the team, he was being used as a blocker. Um, Finally, he's a free agent. He has a chance to go somewhere else that will utilize him. And he's coming off an Achilles injury. He is 27 years old. His prime might be coming to an end or even behind him, but I think he still has a lot of potential, and we haven't seen a whole lot out of him yet. Uh, I think he's going to go somewhere on a one-year cheap prove-it deal, show that he really is the tight end he was drafted to be. Um, A team like the Titans uh, could be great. I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan. It's a team that doesn't even have a tight end. Could definitely use that tight end presence. Uh, If Mo Cox didn't sign with the Colts, I'd say that would be a good fit. If Evan Engram didn't sign with the Jags, I'd say that'd be a good fit. Right now, I like him going to the Bengals. I I like that fit a lot. Um, You got Joe Burrow. You got those other receivers that are going to take targets. So that leaves OJ Howard wide open as that big threat in the middle, especially with CJ Uzama now moving on to the Jets. Uh, that's a guy that I really like. I like his potential, and I'm curious to see where he goes. I do really like the O.J. Howard to the Bengals. I think that would be a fun fit. Got a guy in there that's played the position before. You know, he doesn't have to be a huge asset. I mean, Uzama only caught a few passes, but he made it some big plays. Uh, so I do like that one. My guy on the best available list. Um, again, I'm, I'm going to go with a little bit of an oddball, too, and I think here's a guy that was a former first-round pick, you know, we thought was going to have a huge contract. He ended up taking a one-year deal, was hurt most of it with a very odd finger injury, but that's Will Fuller. He's still a speed guy. You know, 
I think if he goes to the right team as a solid number two, like I, I wouldn't put him on the Patriots. They have enough s- speed guys, but you know, give him to a team. Now that I'm just blanking on the the teams I'm I was thinking of, but you know, throw him out there. Let him take the top off in San Francisco while Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk work underneath and George Kittle work underneath. Let him go to the the Saints and pair him next to Michael Thomas. Like that would be a good dynamic. Like add him if the, if the Saints could pull in. Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller like kind of get the band back together and with Michael Thomas like that would be a fun option. Obviously, I if Will Fuller would be a nice replacement for MVS if MVS isn't back with the Packers. Uh, but you that's know where my I'd top like to guy. see him go. I would honestly like to see him go to the Raiders. I think that would be cool. Look, I, I know everything that happened with Henry Ruggs and his like legal issues and cool. He's gone. He was that speed threat, and that offense was looking pretty dynamic, having a top tight end in Darren Waller. And then you have the shorthanded guy in Hunter Renfro. And then you have the, you know, we still haven't seen full potential from Brian Edwards yet, but he's still a solid receiver. Give a guy like Will Fuller to take the top off of a defense with those other guys underneath. And the Raiders offense could surprisingly be very good. Um even though they've already been surprisingly good. I think that would be a good fit. I really like his speed in Vegas. Almost said Oakland. <laughs> if you would have said Oakland, it would have been all right. Uh, but I think I think that wraps up all our free agency talk. There will be a lot of free agency talk next week. Unfortunately, it will just be George and myself because Tyler has to work an odd shift. And we're trying to get him to, to find a new job, but his job <laughs> pays more than both of George and mine. So probably combined at this point. So... He's not doing that anytime soon, but he'll be back with us in two weeks. George and I will be back next week. But as always, thanks for listening to the Couch Jams podcast. And guys, what free agents have we not talked about that you wanted us to talk about? Or what signing did we talk about that you completely disagree with? Uh, You think they're going to be huge. You think they're going to be a bust. Let us know. Because you know what? I've said it before. I'll say it again. This podcast is so much more fun for us and way more fun for you when you get involved. So please get involved. Yes, sir, Tyler. Thank you one more time for listening in to the Couch GM's podcast. For Tyler Snyder and Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kurth. See you all next week. Boom.